Welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is the place to connect to who you truly are. We're bringing PhDs, experts, and leaders to help you elevate your mindset in your work life and in your love life so that you can see things differently and truly love your world. I'm Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, author, and TEDx speechwriter and booker, and I'm excited to bring you in to this week's episode. U-Turn friends, it's Ash here, and I have someone that I have been really wanting to have on the show today, and it's Ken Honda. He's the best-selling author of a book called Happy Money. Uh, His research and expertise identifies that there's two types of money flowing through our lives. There's happy money and there's unhappy money. And ultimately, it's really your choice which flow you want to be in, and that depends on the kind of relationship that you want to have with money. So Ken is going to share with us today how to become a money magnet, and we're going to talk about loving what you do and just how to really hone your desire to make money and feel connected to making money. So uh, thank you so much, Ken, for being here with me. Thank you, Ashley and everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Mm, I was uh, taking a look at your your book. And first of all, I love the cover that it looks like a happy face, uh, happy money. And this book made such an impact, you know, national bestseller, Japan's uh, best-selling lists. Um, so I would love to just start with like, what is it about money that got you into this body of work? What was it about your journey that got you focused on money in this way? Thank you for asking. I've written more than, oh, it's a big job. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've been writing, uh, yes, more than uh, 70, 80 books. I'm published uh, more than 200 physical books in the uh, in my uh, last two decades of my career. And my career sort of started when I was six or seven when my father, who was a successful tax accountant, started teaching me about money. So I have, uh, I would say, almost 50 years of expertise of uh, witnessing people go go up and down with money. And I've seen my father's clients and I have seen my clients. I, I've started my business when I was 20. So um, I have so many years of experience of people um, getting so happy about money and also getting desperate for money and then uh, sometimes uh, make them very happy and sometimes very unhappy. Yeah. I've, it, you know, what's interesting for me is being an entrepreneur. I have learned more than ever that just because someone has a lot of money doesn't mean they're going to keep a lot of money. Oh, true. It's so true. So it's interesting because I think uh, money, you know, people have said money is a magnifier. It makes you more you for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious for anyone listening right now, um, you talk a lot about loving what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that no matter how much you love what you do, there's always things about it you don't love doing. Mm-hmm. You can't love everything, right? So what would be your message around loving what you do um, as it relates to earning a good living or how people can start to think about earning even more if mm-hmm. they love what they do? Um, money is a very interesting thing it's almost like a a relationship you know you may love somebody your your partner your girlfriend boyfriend or husband and wife you may love her him so much but there's something about him or her that you don't really love about you know certain things little things and Mm -hmm. sometimes it becomes big and money is the same thing and uh your your vision and your uh true calling is the same thing uh, one of my friends who is a, a very well-known artist, uh, she uh, is a calligrapher and she paints. So she is in love with what she does and she makes a very good living. But she hates washing the brushes, mm. <laughs> washing uh, you know, the palettes and all that. And, and, she, and she doesn't want her assistants to do it either because they don't do the perfect job. So, 
as much as she loves painting, she hates um, cleaning cleaning up the clutter. But that is part of what she loves to do. Right. So uh, if you love your uh, husband or wife so much, but there's like 3% of what you don't like. And uh, are you going to break up with her or him? Because you, there's some part that you don't like about him or her. Probably. Some people will. Some That's yes, the thing. Perfectionism. Yes. So if you are 99% happy, I think you should be regarding yourself as a happy person. So mm. I think of energy in terms of money, work. So whatever you do in everyday life, the energy around you, uh, look at the energy around you. Is that a happy one or unhappy one? If the mm. energy circulates through you, I think it's happy energy. And mm. money is uh, uh, very much energy. So if you do what you love and then bring in the money, I, I call it happy money. Mm. If you hate what you do, or if you take advantage of other people and then get money, that is unhappy money. So mm. you have to really watch out what kind of energy is floating in your life. This episode is brought to you in part by Dose, all natural and organic wellness shots. With the holiday season and lots of holiday parties on the calendar, you might be drinking a little bit more than usual, which is why taking extra care of your liver right now is so important. I've been making it a priority to take Dose for my liver wellness and their shots every single day, and especially before going and taking a little drink out for the holiday festivities. With Dose, every single ingredient is really potent and they deliver results. And as someone who's studied herbs, it is just so inspiring to see what they're doing with their brand. So one shot of Dose for your liver is equivalent to 17 shots of turmeric juice. Dose has been clinically shown to support healthier liver enzyme function, ensures optimal liver functioning, and supports healthy metabolic function and digestion. Give your liver what it needs this holiday season. If you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, they're offering the U-Turn community 15% off your first order plus another 15% off if you subscribe for monthly deliveries. That's 30% off your order. Head on over to dosedaily.co slash U-Turn. That's D-O-S-E daily.co slash U-Turn. Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. Use that U-Turn code for up to 30% off. Okay, so one question that I have um, mm -hmm. about 15 years ago, and I, I've talked about this one other time on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I used a soundbite from YouTube when I was a new entrepreneur. I didn't know the laws about using music from YouTube on a course. Mm -hmm. And I sold a course with this music on it. Um, it was a career course. It had nothing to do with the music. The artist of the music hired a lawyer and the lawyer's job is to go all over the internet and find people using his music so that he can mm. make money mm -hmm. from people who are using his music. Mm. The way the lawyer does it is by being very threatening, telling mm. you that they're going to sue you, that you owe them a huge amount of damages. I got one of the most terrifying messages in my email I've ever gotten threatens for a lawsuit. And I felt like I, I did a huge crime when I accidentally used a soundbite from YouTube. So this ended up costing me $50,000. Um, I ended up paying the artist, you know, $10,000 or something like that. And I took responsibility. I said, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Mm. Let me pay the licensing fee or whatever for your music, even though I wasn't using the music mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Fast forward five years, the lawyer went through my whole business because this is what he pays people to do. And he found that I missed a spot on one of my courses and the music was just 10 seconds still there. Mm -hmm. And that cost me another $30,000. What? And just because, because the lawyer, you know, there's a whole business of, at least in America, I'm not sure what the system is in Japan for you, Ken, but here it's like, if they sue you, it costs more money to go to court, even if you're right, mm. than it does to just pay them and mm. not have to deal with it. Wow. So it's a, it's a very flawed legal system that we live in, even if I didn't do anything wrong. So I remember thinking about this person and thinking, what 
unhappy money. Like <laughs> the, I'm right. picturing this music artist just cashing these checks from these people that this lawyer has just attacked and scared mm-hmm. and come at. Um, I know, I feel like a lot of people listening, they have families to support and they feel like there's no other way. They just need to make a living, earn a paycheck. And maybe it's a privilege for people like you or I to be enjoying how we make money. What would be your response to that? Right. So uh, I understand wh- uh, where, you, where you are. And uh, of course, you can change it. It takes some time. Um, I have s- so many students who turn their life around. Uh, by just uh, looking at what kind of money is floating in, in, in their life. And then they cannot change it 100% in one day. But you you can change the flow of money in the course of a year or two years or five years. So mm-hmm. you have to gradually start you know, what you, what you do and just shift your um, job to more, uh, more fulfilling one. Uh, if you're just uh, involved in a low-paying job, you have to f- start looking for a job that that you can um, make a good use of yourself. So mm-hmm. maybe uh, you may be good at selling, you may be good at customer service, you may be good at connecting people. Whatever you do, you get paid more in a, a better situation. So mm-hmm. instead of being desperate and uh, stay hopeless, you have to start from somewhere. I have seen or I have had so many uh, witnesses and also testimonials that they have changed their lives from the bottom to a very comfortable one. So uh, it takes some time, but uh, all you need is it is a curiosity. Mm-hmm. And also um, you can just uh, start imagining what kind of uh, life is could be available for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be there for the rest of your life. Mm. I I love what you're saying because people really, they feel where they are so deeply mm-hmm. that they forget that they don't have to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say somebody's listening right now and they're thinking to themselves, nobody's going to pay me more money. I don't have any skills or, mm. you know, I could make a change, but I don't even know where to begin. Um, I know you talk about a state of Amaro. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about achieving a state of Amaro, which is, I know it's short for Mago Koro. Is that correct? How I pronounce yes. it? Yes. You said it beautifully. Okay. That means sincerity. And my mentor, Wahed Takeda, used to say, if you have the right mind, you know, beautiful mind, people get attracted to you. And you have to have that in order to have a happy life. So it's more like a Zen uh, to find peace in whatever you do. So um, if you're say if your life is miserable, um, you can change it by appreciating the small things that you have. Um, one of my students who was a, a low-paying secretary, she got uh, paid very little because she didn't go to college. And so she was working as a secretary and single mom. And uh, she was complaining about her situation. She says, I'm hopeless. Uh, I don't have a college degree. Uh, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. And, and my boss doesn't appreciate me. But uh, I said, but isn't there anything that you can appreciate even a bit? And she started thinking, she started thinking. And then she said, oh, okay, my boss hired me, uh, even though I didn't have a college degree. That's a great thing. Can you appreciate him for that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And then she realized that she forgot to appreciate her boss and she wrote a letter. And she started to say thank you more to him. So surprisingly, in a few weeks, um, she got a big check, uh, a bonus, and also a big raise. Mm-hmm. Uh, by her appreciating him, her boss just forgot to appreciate her back. And then mm-hmm. she realized that uh, he need, he realized that he needed to pay more respect to her. So as a um, as a result, she got paid more, she got promoted, and then she eventually quit the job and, and started her own company. Mm. So uh, it's just uh, almost like a commitment, your commitment to where you are. Mm. I have a client, I used to have a client who said, uh, when I'm in debt, I feel like I, I'm more powerful. 
you know, because I need to make money. So <laughs> hey, but go to that. I feel like uh, I'll lose my soul. It's what he said. And literally what he said. Oh, my gosh. OK, well, I think a lot of people probably feel this and don't even realize this. They're motivated by failure, oh. motivated by loss or yeah. stress. So yeah. how do you undo that? Yeah, so I just, uh, um, I tease him, like, are you going to lose your soul by paying back all the debt? And he was laughing, and he, and by the time he really got it, like, that's so true, you know, I don't think I'm going to lose my soul if I just pay back all the, uh, all the debt. So uh, after you pay back all the debt, who do you become? And he said, mm. I don't know, I feel like so uneasy about the fact that I'm going to pay back all the debt, you know, it's like I'm, I'm out of prison. What am I going to do? <laughs> so like we are stuck in the prison of uh, limiting beliefs that we're small. Uh, we cannot do anything. As long as we're in this small prison, uh, we don't have to start taking risks. Just start dreaming big and, and all that. When I started writing a book, I didn't think it would become a, an international bestseller, you know. And mm -hmm. so my start was very humble. It was a self-published uh, 26 pages of uh, um, essays. I stapled it every day. That is the beginning of the, you know, uh, almost 9 million copies of my sales. Mm -hmm. um, but it started out from my uh, copier, you know, my uh, printer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, everything started from there. So, uh, like, say, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, they started from somewhere, you know, not so many years ago. It's not centuries ago. It's like 30, 40, 50 years ago. They started from zero, and then they built on it. So, um, and then you don't have to be uh, another Elon Musk, you know, um, in order to have a, a comfortable life, financially comfortable life, you don't have to be a billionaire. So yeah. all you have to do is find what you're good at, uh, find what's fulfilling you, and then start doing more. And then uh, you probably get noticed from your boss, from your colleagues, and from your clients. Oh, wow, you, you, you can do this? And then you'll be probably surprised, like, oh, I didn't know I can do it. But unless you do it, you never know that you're capable of doing something like that. U-turn friends, do not let this holiday season get in the way of your health. I know it can be challenging, but that's why this episode is brought to you in part by Joy. Joy is the place where women can find answers, own their health, and really start to feel like themselves again. With all the celebrations and the holidays coming up, it can be really hard to prioritize your health. And that's why I've come to absolutely love Joy. They offer personalized plans with board-certified clinicians in a convenient and very stress-free way. All the appointments are virtual, so no in-person trips to the doctor's office are necessary. Plus, the solutions are totally formulated for you. This is not the fad diet we're all used to. Instead, you can achieve real lasting results to support your metabolic health with Joy's metabolic health treatments that are customized for your desired outcome and weight wellness. So if you're looking to take ownership over your health in this way and really feel your best, Joy is giving you 20% off your lab work. All you have to do is go to choosejoy.co slash U-turn and browse their curated section of very comprehensive labs. These are unlike anything I would get from a regular doctor's visit. That's choosejoy.co slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N and get 20% off your labs. Choose Joy because you deserve to feel like you. Mm. It's like confidence. You have to try things on and show yourself that you can do them just based on that little part of you that thinks you can do them to show yourself who you really can be. Mm -hmm. I know that this state of morrow, this spiritually selfless state, the opposite of ego. Mm -hmm. um, I know in, in Japanese, it's this idea of the humanity and the universe are all one. Mm -hmm. And when your morrow goes up, you become more magnetic. So you talk about pouring yourself into things you love. So for example, for me, um, I worked for Barack Obama um, when I was younger. Wow. And I worked with some of his speechwriters, and I always loved writing. And when I started a business, I always remembered thinking, I am so much more of a poet than mm -hmm. I am a businesswoman. But I almost have to play the business game to go be a poet. I had this belief 
that I need to build a business in order for people to want to read my writing. And eventually I got my book deal and the book has been doing really well. Um, but what I'm, what I'm curious about is I've been releasing new offers for the first time in my career in a really long time. It's probably been like seven years since I've released something. Um, and I've been writing Ted talks, uh, mm -hmm. you know, TEDx talks and helping people get booked on stage for mm -hmm. Ted. And it's a high end offer. And it's been so interesting for me because I've never sold anything this pricey. Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing that I have a lot of happiness for it. Like, I'm really excited to write people's speeches. I have a lot of experience. Most of the talks I've written have gone viral. Mm. But a lot of the people who are coming in, and I've only just gotten started a month or two ago, are like, wow, I really want to do this. Oh, let me get back to you in a few months. I'm not ready to buy it. So I know there's a lot of people where maybe they feel like me, where they're like, oh, I, I really want to do this. And I'm amazing at this. And I'm pouring my energy into it. I'm doing phone calls. I'm going on podcasts because I know it's a very specific audience that wants to buy, you know, a high-end speech-written TED Talk from me. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a lot of people that have their own version of this. They found the thing they love. They're putting it out there like a musician maybe, and they feel like nobody's listening. They feel like it's always a no, and it's like it's happy money, but they're not it's it's hard to get paid or something like that. What would you say to the person who puts it out there, but they don't really feel like people are paying them or people are interested in what they're offering? You know, at the beginning stage, uh, you discover a lot of disappointments. Mm. I am teaching, actually, I'm going to teach a, a writer seminar for, um, like 30 minutes from now, you know, after, right after this. Uh, I always teach the road to a best-selling author is paved with a lot of disappointments and <laughs> self-criticism and, and suicidal thoughts. And, yeah. and you know, because you don't, uh, you don't always feel uh, good about yourself. Like uh, when I look at the path, uh, my path, like 80% was covered with more negative feelings, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. maybe like 1% or 10%. Wow, I'm so happy. And then like uh, a lot of self-criticism, self-doubt and all that. And then uh, I, I I just make a joke about uh, new authors getting crucified in in the in the store of Amazon, you know, on the hill of Amazon, we get you know, we get crucified because uh, yeah. uh, that's how we were gonna uh, end up, you know. Uh, they stub us without knowing, you know, that we cannot fight back, right? So yeah, so uh, yeah. a lot of disappointments, and and then it takes time. When I published my book, I had the vision of selling a million copies. And nothing happened. <laughs> like, so like, uh, was that in, in illusion? Was I daydreaming about my success? And it took me 16 years to, you know, um, to reach that uh, 1 million uh, figure, you know, with the book. Yeah. And, and it takes time. So it's like you believe in it, which is some sort of manifestation as well. So in these disappointments, because I feel like, you know, for lack of a better term, for me being an author, it's like you kind of eat shit to get there sometimes. Like, <laughs> so how do we keep this state of morrow of like this spiritually selfless, heart centered, egoless state of just pouring ourselves into something we love? Because at a certain point, you kind of feel stupid. You're like, I am just doing this and doing this all the time. So what would you say to people right now that they're like, I want to be a musician or I want to be a, you know, an artist or, and I'm, this is where I'm happiest and this is where I'm best. Cause not everybody is talented right. at where they're happy. That's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. What would be your feedback in those moments where they're like, how do I stay happy about earning in this way when it's not working? Mm -hmm. So the um, most important thing is, you can offer your best uh, from your heart. And mm -hmm. then you may not be confident. You may doubt, have doubts about it, but you can still um, offer something, um, the best something from you. And mm -hmm. that is your heart. 
And that is something you can do for the world. And, and you can keep doing it. But uh, another aspect is that uh, you have to start figuring out if this is your seat. You know, you have to check your seat. The seat number could be wrong. Mm. You know, I think there's a, there is a right seat for you. But we tend to want to sit down on other people's seat. Mm. So uh, sometimes you have to know uh, where you belong. You have to find your tribe. Uh, we, the, I think the tragedy of our lives is often we get mingled with the wrong crowd. Mm. So we get the mixed up with the wrong people. But if you know, uh, uh, if you can smell people, you know, yeah. that you can smell the same one that, and then you know you're in the, in the right tribe. So you have to just keep sniffing around and then <laughs> have to find where you are. And because where you belong, people will welcome you. People will appreciate you. People will love you. People will eat you up because they so badly wanted your kind of material. Mm. So if you go to a place where nobody wants you, you feel bad about yourself. But if you just go to the right place, people will so welcome you. I almost feel like people sometimes forget how big the world is. Like we're always told that it's a small world, but it's so big too. There's other crowds everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so your message just to keep trying. Okay. So you talk about possessing in your book and happy money. You talk about possessing a huge desire to make money. Um, So you talk about, you know, people who love money are Mm -hmm. money magnets and they believe that they deserve it. Mm -hmm. So they believe it's possible. They believe that it's, you know, they're worthy of it. So I imagine people who maybe they're hanging around the wrong crowd or they ha- they're they sitting in the wrong seat and they, they're they doing something they're passionate about, but it's not supposed to be their path, right? And they're in that process. They start to probably think, I'm not worthy of this kind of money. That's just not for me. I'm not supposed to do well. Um, I don't deserve it. I'm not smart as the other people who are doing well. Um, how do you start to stay away from fear when you start to think about money? Um, or the fear of losing money disrupts their flow. I actually made $5 million in two months um, on an online course, and I lost all my money because I hired a bunch of lawyers to look at everything because I almost didn't feel like I was allowed to be making that kind of money. So I remember thinking, I need to get some lawyers. Am I allowed to be this successful? I ended up sabotaging my whole business. So years later, I'm very different with money now. But for people who don't believe they deserve it, can you talk a little bit about how do we shift that for Mm -hmm. ourselves? It takes time uh, because uh, um, that's why I suggest people to get wealthy slowly. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise, uh, uh, there's a saying in Japanese, Fast money uh, has uh, fast feet. That means like <laughs> when com- when money comes in fast, it just leaves very fast. Mm-hmm. So um, like my mentor, Wahei Takeda, uh, made millions uh, by uh, selling uh, ba- cookies for babies. Hmm. So he, make, he, he makes only a cent per, or maybe less per just, you know, little candy. And so... Uh, he he makes little money from each sale, but mm-hmm. he sells millions of um, small packages for babies. So that's why he made fortune. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think uh, like uh, they they make a killing with a cryptocurrency or like uh, uh, trading and uh, you know uh, sketchy businesses. Uh, they. They think they can make uh, a lot of money in the short, short, the shortest possible time, but that kind of money uh, tends to get lost very easily. Mm. So you have to watch out uh, the energy of money too. The fast, busy money also goes somewhere else too fast too. Mm. Sometimes people have wins, right? Like, how do you decide what fast and easy even means? Like, you could take somebody like me, where mm-hmm. I have years where I'm I'm like a a pot on the on the stove. It's like a little simmer, but I have this business. And then there's years where I get these big pops, these big opportunities, and they're life changing for me. And I think that's probably similar for you, having written all these books. 
you invite opportunities in that maybe you never thought about. So you probably, you know, have had those years where it's like, whoa, that's a lot of money that just came my way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I hope for anybody listening. Um, So how do you know when it's fast money versus like you've you've been working towards this for a while? Because sometimes people think like, whoa, this just came out of nowhere. And it's like, no, it didn't. You've been working on this. Right. Yeah. So there's a word uh, overnight success. Yeah. Uh, For that night. For some people, like 20 years of night. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how do you measure by that? You know, uh, fast money is something like it comes so suddenly and then you get a shock, like a lottery money. Yeah. It, the money you you don't deserve will just disappear. Mm. So that's why I came up with the concept, uh, money container. You know, mm. everyone is born with a certain size money container. And it can grow uh, gradually, but it doesn't grow overnight. Mm-hmm. So I think if you want to be wealthy, you have to start building up this money container. Mm. So you can have more money in, in the container. Mm. And then uh, we are born with a certain size. You know, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, uh, Warren Buffett, they are born with a huge container. But mm-hmm. for the rest of us, we are not equipped with... Uh, that kind of capability because mm-hmm. uh, it's just energy. You know, uh, some people are born with a, a better voice, you know, a better body, you know, that who can run or uh, lift heavy stuff. So we are uh, made differently. So you have to accept the fact that uh, we are different. Mm-hmm. But if you want to uh, have more money um, into, if you want to invite more money into your life, you have to change the way you think. A lot of mm. people are stuck with a working mentality, you know, workers. Mm. So you get paid by working certain hours. You know, so doctors and, and lawyers are the same. You work hard, you get the money. Mm. But uh, a lot of happy, wealthy people think very differently. So you have to start thinking uh, differently from where you are. Okay, I love this. I know that... Um... You talk about different inherited money wounds mm-hmm. that prevent people from achieving greater financial well-being and how to move you know, past those. So I know that the one of them is that you believe your security is tied to how much money you have. Right. And a lot of people feel that like they're scared of being homeless or like, you know, um, I don't know, like these very real fears, like they're not going to be able to support their kids and put food on the table. So what would be your feedback for someone listening who they do feel like their security is tied to how much money they have? Right. And it's it, it's yes, to some extent. But I think it's because, uh, especially in North America, uh, things are more scary from my eyes. You know, I've, I've traveled all over the world and uh, U.S. is a uh, uh, very abundant country. But at the same time, uh, there are a lot of uh, fear around uh, for survival. Because like the other day, I went to a dentist and it cost cost me only like $9, you know. Mm. In the uh, American dental office, can you walk out with a bill paying only $9? No, know? yeah. Maybe you can buy a dental f- floss or something, right? <laughs> and so, and everything is insured. So I, uh, the medical bill is something like, uh, $25, sometimes $8, you know, I mean, in North America, even if you're insured, you have to pay so much. So uh, to some country, um, there's a sur- fear for survival, like in Japan or in uh, Northern Europe countries, they uh, feel safe because mm-hmm. the government uh, supports you, you know, and also there is a support system. Like uh, in many Latin uh, uh, cultures and Asian cultures, we have a stronger family ties. Mm. So when something happens, we are uh, generous to each other uh, as a whole. Uh, and then we support each other uh, when your brothers and uh, sisters sick or unemployed. The whole relatives take care of it. Whole village takes care of it. But in mm. North America, it's so cut off. Like you don't even ask uh, money from your relatives, you know, from your yeah. brothers and sisters. People are so independent. Mm-hmm. 
has some good and bad. Well, I love what you're saying because you're really opening us up to the possibility, not just of the belief that your security is tied to how much money you have, but the importance of geography and Mm -hmm. where you live. Because Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I don't know, a lot of people, they grew up wherever they grew up and they have this belief that that's where they have to be. Right. Um, And maybe there's like, you know, you got to figure out a visa or you need to figure out your passport. Um, My dad is Jewish and he had family that died in the Holocaust. And I just recently found out that I can get a passport from Germany as an apology for my family members that were killed. Wow. So I just think there's I know that Italy has like a retirement visa where if you have $40,000 in your bank account, you can live there. There's certain Mm -hmm. stipulations. So I think you're pointing out something even bigger than just your mindset with money, but your relationship with where do you want to live? Where's going to make you feel the best? Like I wrote my book when I was living in Bali and my rent was $200 a month. Mm-hmm. It was a different life. Um, okay. So the second belief that you think people inherit um, that you mentioned or wound is the idea that you really need to work hard, mm-hmm. really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, to make money. What what do you have to say around that? Because I think growing up in the United States, especially like work hard, play hard. That's the thing. Right. So uh, uh, if you are born into the culture, you never know what you got. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. So you, if you want, you can check it. You know, um, I've seen uh, uh, the world and then I'm just fascinated by how people think. Like in in uh, Japan, I often get asked about when I explain about the money container. In North America and Europe, people ask me, "Hey, can how can I make my money container bigger and faster?" Yeah. That's yeah. what uh, you know, bigger, faster. And in yeah. Japan, I am often asked by people, "Can I understand about the money uh, container uh, idea?" But uh, how can I satisfy with my income? Oh, how can I satisfy more how, with what I have? Mm. So the approach is different, even though you hear the same thing. So you, you've got to pay attention to the pattern of how you think. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, in life, more is not better. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you are in a Western culture, it's almost like uh, religion. More is better. And if you uh, experience a uh, life in Bali, you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not yeah. promoting a minimalist idea, but still sometimes more may not be necessarily better. And if you understand that, you know, you want to know um, how much you want to possess too. Mm-hmm. Because if you have so much, there is more hassle. And so um, if you can enjoy uh, the little thing you have, you may be you may find it uh, less complicated. Mm. I love that. Okay. And then the third thing, which I think is very common, especially as we watch movies, Mm -hmm. is the belief that money is evil or it creates Mm. drama. And I I think this wound that people inherit is interesting because I feel like the entertainment industry really Mm -hmm. solidifies that. I don't know if you saw the show that was really big in the United States, Succession, Uh, all about... You haven't seen it. It's no. all like family drama around uh, institutional wealth. Like one of those families, like I'm I'm forgetting who the it's based off of a real family, but like mm-hmm. incredible wealth and everybody's way, you know, navigating the dad dying so that they can manage the money and the, inherit the company business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see a lot of drama and entertainment around money. How does somebody clear that belief or that wound? Uh, don't worry about it because we're not Rockefellers <laughs> to begin with, you know. And then uh, our dramas are smaller and uh, less dramatic than that, right? And but still, we are influenced by uh, dramatic uh, impact of money. So if you just start uh, watching how you are if affected by money, and then if you uh, want to have a different uh, impact, yeah, uh, you can let it. Um, be uh, the the other way uh, you want. Uh, because money can definitely affect you. But if you just choose not to, you don't need to be affected as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, if you are, even if you're born into a Rockefeller family, 
if you don't want the money, you can leave the family, right? Mm. So uh, one of my friend uh, friends who is who was born into a very wealthy family, but he refused to um, uh, to take any of the money and became an artist. And he is not a super successful artist, but he's happy with where he is. I think he found the right balance in him. Mm-hmm. So um, you can choose your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can choose uh, money stressful life, or you can choose money stress free life. Mm. So what would be of all the principles you talk about in happy money? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like us, you know, you talk a lot about living a stress free ha- mm-hmm. with happy money principles. What would be one or two of the principles that you would want to make sure everybody's listening to us now would remember? So uh, we tend to feel a lot of stress when we receive money and Mm -hmm. also when we spend money, either way. So when we receive money, we feel like excitement and at the same time, the stress like, oh, this is not not enough to pay all the bills, right? So uh, I hope you appreciate money coming in next time. I suggest... Uh, arigato your money, thank mm. your money, or danke your money, or sheshe your money, or <laughs> your money. You know, uh, when money comes comes in next time, either on online or cash or a check, you say thank you for the money to come in. And when you also pay bills and also pay uh, taxes and everything, or pay at the cashier at the restaurant or store, you can also say thank you. Mm-hmm. the service thank you for that thank you for the electricity and thank you for the food and if you just appreciate both money coming in and going out you enjoy the cycle of money mm-hmm. and when we, when we come to think of it we are in the cycle of uh, things you know we eat food we drink food, uh, water and then we release so if you just make money and then hold on to the money or try to hold on to the money, it's almost like you eat as much as you want, but you, you refuse the bathroom. I'm not going to release any of that I, I took. You could mm. do it maybe for a day, but it's not healthy if you have all the food in your system and then refuse to release. Mm. In fact, I have found that stingy people are suffering more from con- constipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's very interesting because they don't want to they don't want to release money. Wow. <laughs> They're just constip constipated body, constipated bank account, all constipation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... well, that's fascinating. Um, okay, so a couple questions. Um, well, and just or just comments. I I was reading through Happy Money. Yes. And I saw that you you ask a few really powerful questions I want to share for everybody before we go. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about like the impactful question whenever something happens in your life of can I change this or do I need to see stop fighting against it and accept it mm-hmm. um can you talk to talk a little bit about this because I think a lot of people they really believe where they are they can't change it mm-hmm. and most of the time that's not the truth mm-hmm. so how can we start to get people who are listening to see things differently and realize where you are if you don't like it most likely you don't have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, sometimes you need to accept things as they are, but can you help people kind of think about that a little bit? So, um, you know, when we were five, dad and mom or uh, our home is a whole thing we see. When we are tell, like our kids, buddies, you know, friends are all we, we saw in high school and in college, you know, like college dorm friends are all you see. But in the world, we just begin to see things in a different way. As a bigger, we, we tend to get to see the whole picture. And But still, we are so royal to our way of life. And uh, so I think uh, the best way for you is to start uh, reading blogs for people who started from where you are and then change their lives. They may have started from uh, uh, being a single mom, but uh, uh, because of the chain of events, uh, they found where they are now after five years. So Mm. if you start reading people's real stories, I think you can see, uh, maybe I thought I was stuck, but maybe I'm stuck temporarily, 
and then this may change. So if you get curious about your future, uh, your life will definitely change. So I was very curious about my life when I was 33. What if I started uh, sharing my stories? What if I just start selling books? What if I become a, a national bestseller uh, uh, selling author? What if I become a, an international bestselling author? And and then my dreams kept getting bigger. And then uh, as I di didn't have any confidence, but um, I, I was more curious about doing things and see what happens next. So mm -hmm. I'm in the I'm experiencing the same process as you are, uh, the same path of following my curiosity, and following what's going to happen next. Mm. I love this, and I know that um, another question that you ask people in your work beyond like, are you willing to accept something, um, or can can you change it? I I love your advice of reading stories of people who have been where you are. That's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And it feels straightforward, and I just wouldn't have thought to to say that, but it's it's so true. Um, another question you ask is when you encounter something you want to change, how willing are you to see it through? Mm -hmm. So it's like a lot of people want to look like they go to the gym, but they don't want to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you what do you have to share about um, I don't know intention and willingness and commitment because I. I find that true devotion, I don't always come by it every day with people. Right. So unfortunately, uh, only 20% change, 80% mm -hmm. stay the same. And I've been teaching for the past 20 years, and, and I have been uh, very curious how people change. But in fact, uh, only a few percentage of people change. So I'm just uh, talking to the people who are willing to change. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not, I cannot you know, make horse horses to drink the water from the river. You know, I, I can just take them or I can say, there's a river over there. <laughs> if you're thirsty, you can go over there. It's a free drink. You know, I can mm -hmm. say as much as that. But uh, if you are willing, you can go there. But if you are not interested uh, or you're not ready, that's okay. I understand that. But you may want to go there. When we want to go there, just um, get curious about where you want to go. Because, okay. you know, um, if you try to discipline yourself, it doesn't work. Mm. Mm. I love everything you're saying. And um, those of you who are listening and you want to read more, head on over to anywhere books are sold. It's called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. Uh, Ken, if people want to keep learning from you, where would you suggest that they begin um, beyond your book? So you can find a lot of uh, YouTube uh, videos of me. Mind Valley offered uh, offers Money EQ course uh, with me, and I ha I have a lot of free content on uh, Ken Honda K E N uh, Honda's in a car Ken Honda .com. Uh, and uh, uh, we started the Arigato Living Community, which is uh, um, uh, about a few hundred people gathering every month to learn about uh, what happy money is and how to follow your heart, how to monetize your gifts and all that. So mm. I teach once a month for English speaking community. It's very interesting. I do it um, with so much fun, uh, sometimes for uh, uh, American time you know, uh, North, Central, and South American time. Sometimes I do it for European, African time. Well, mm -hmm. and sometimes for uh, Australian, Japan, Asia time. And mm -hmm. I'm so uh, fascinated by the difference, uh, I know, different uh, ideas um, of the people, but we are just sharing the same dream of just uh, living a more appreciative life. Well, thank you again for coming on. And um, I love the peaceful energy that you have. And I guess my my final, final question, you talked about your book and you said you wanted it to, you wanted to sell millions of copies. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you knew that day would come or did you just hope that day would come? I had the strong feeling that it's going to happen. Uh -huh. So I was super disappointed it didn't happen for the first two years, like, 
what was my vision? <laughs> so, right. um, so I understand your frustration, but you have to have patience. Mm. And I think that is what uh, we don't have. You know, we can't even stay focused because of these guys. You know, <laughs> we, we can stay focused only for 15 seconds for TikTok, mm -hmm. YouTube shorts. You know, we can't even watch 10 minute videos. So I'm so happy that uh, whoever watching uh, this Ashley show, you guys had a great uh, attention span, you know, for more than <laughs> more than 30 minutes, which is yeah. amazing. So yeah. I appreciate you for taking the time too. Thank you. Thanks again. And remember everyone, sometimes you're in the front of the bus, sometimes you're in the back of the bus, just stay on the bus. So true. And uh, I so enjoyed chatting with you, Ashley. You too. Uh, you're so beautiful. Thank and you. I understand why you're so um, passionate and you, why you're so popular, you know, um, for the for people. So I really uh, appreciate you. And uh, I'm just sending you uh, all my happy energy. And, I love that. Uh, and all the happy blessings for you and the viewers and listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.